0: Hello and welcome to the Billion Dollar Broker Podcast. My name is Ross LeCain. I'm bringing my 25 years industry experience together with leading experts around the globe to give you the insights on how to live a better life and grow a profitable mortgage broking business that you are proud of. Welcome to another edition of the Billion Dollar Broker Podcast. Today, we've got a guest who's a bit of a veteran in the industry, uh, Keith Balmer from Svelte Finance. Uh, he's been the owner of this business for 18 years. He brings a wealth of experience. And uh, welcome, Keith. Thank you very much. Hi, Ross. Good to see you. So, Keith, what i love to do is just get a bit of a background in terms. Tell me about how you got started uh, with your business.
1: Well, I originally was uh, from South Africa. So when I came over here, I looked for something more with passive income. And being a mortgage broker, I thought that was a good start. So I started off in a non-bank lending arm, working for a four-year sponsorship. So that's how I got started in the game. So I did my four years, broke away from that and became a broker.
0: Love it. uh, And, you know, isn't that one of the beautiful things about being a mortgage broker is the fact that we can build an asset and create a passive income? You know, and obviously, my journey in terms of being a broker and building a billion dollar book, and you know, obviously living off that income as well as the coaching revenue. But being in a different business, you realize, you know, what a great business that we can be in an industry where we can create a passive income, we can recruit, we can get paid twice. Yeah, well, it's uh, just
1: ongoing and it's got some value, so it's not buying or selling something. The other one that we've also do is, is the insurance side, so there's a bit of a passive income as well. So, okay, it'd be hard to justify this role with just an upfront,
0: yeah, definitely. and that
1: also then create a churn, a churning kind of business, not a longevity,
0: yeah,
1: like they do in America, the US, they, they just have upfronts. So, oh, exactly, no, right, no clawback. So, you just keep turn, turning them over if you can,
0: yeah, exactly, right. So, yeah. then, so you got started 18 years ago. So, tell me what the first what a few years were like within your business?
1: Well, it was started off with uh, cold calling. So I was sort of targeted accountants
0: yeah.
1: as a good referral mechanism to do a cross-referral arrangement with them. There wasn't much cross from my end. I just mm. was more after their clients. Mm. So I'd cold call them. I'd go see them with a bit of a sl- uh, overhead projector and a, a little slideshow. Mm. And um, sort of saw about 120 accountants. And then narrowed them down to sort of my A's, my B's, my C's, my D's. And then just started working with the A's more so than the others. And now just still only work with the top, with 10, 10 accountants. Not wow. that I'm really looking for new work. I'm just sort of looking after the book. And by default, you're getting new business in anyway.
0: Yeah, I love this. I love the strategy and, you know, thinking back then when you started and yeah. you know, back then, you know, probably there wasn't a lot of the social media and the linkedin the stuff all the tools that we have today so it was literally picking up the phone going through the 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 white or the yellow pages i i I imagine Um, so tell me what those days were like and what was your you know i talk about pitching and pitching you know, what is that valid business reason for the call? So yeah, for yeah. the newer brokers, like give us an example of what your sort yeah. of valid business so reason
1: is. It would be a cold call, get into trying, you need to talk to the accountant. And it's more about you referring sort of clients who need 221Ds back then. I don't even think it's called that yeah. anymore. Um, I've got clients that need some taxation depreciation. They've just bought an mm-hmm. investment property. You've got to structure it right with the, you know, claiming all the interest on the property and, put the, the capital into their home loan. So it was more giving them that line and they feel that I've got a lot of clients for them to see.
0: Yeah. So, so your, your you, valid business reason is, Hey, I'm not going in with my hand out looking no. for you to give me business. Yeah, yeah. It's the other way around. Hey, I've got a stack of people.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I'm in that property investment space. They need a good account because they need That's to do it. their tax. They need yeah. to do their depreciation, yeah. depreciation schedule. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm, I'm looking at interviewing the right people for my client. Yeah.
1: yeah. And in turn, and in it was a cross referral where we've got this mortgage book where they can earn a passive income from it. So we started off was paying them a trail. So yeah. you know, they were like, then suddenly things change. If they can earn something from a mortgage, then they suddenly in. And the other part of it was that you're always in control of your client. Mm. So when the client goes to see a bank, the banks have got their financial planners and their tax people who are saying to the client, you should do it this way.
0: Hmm. So this
1: way is keeping control of his client when he, when I do look after the mortgage for them.
0: Because yeah.
1: if I uncover that they need some insurance or whatever they need, I'll refer it back to the accountant first. Yeah. So that's, that's the main objective. He's always in control of his client. He's not going to lose him to some other abyss that he doesn't know.
0: Yeah, I love that. So then um you made the appointment with that valid business reason and next you mentioned uh so what you were selling on that call was a a catch-up and so on that first catch-up is that when you do your sort of i take
1: my 3m projector and set it up hand him the plug so you can plug it in involve him in it Mm -hmm. take his yeah his picture or his mirror down off the wall so i've got a screen to do and then i start i had about 12 slides just bullet points, and I talk around that. And that was all scripted. So you try to very off script, but you always got to stick with your script. You don't want to. So you need to get your message across. And it was short, sweet, and sharp. But I did oh. once have an accountant fall asleep on me. <laughs> 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 I stand in there, and I think, oh, what do I do now? But at the end of it, he uh, did both his mortgages. He had two two mortgages, investment property. Mm-hmm. So he read them straight away.
0: Yeah, and that well. was a
1: good start. So that's normally how they get in. Yeah, yeah they okay. kind of trust they, they they trust you with their own business, and then they are happy to refer their clients on. Yeah, yeah. great. But so all about the entertainment side. So once you start, they start referring. Then you take them to lunch. You take them to all the rugby games. So it was a lot more entertaining. Not, not
0: the South Africa Australia games, I hope.
1: The Union games, of course. <laughs> they, they became like my ATM machine because they would never back anyone else but Australia. So you know, so <laughs> I'd always get a good start out of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Make it a
1: bit of fun, you know? It's all about oh, having a bit of fun, so.
0: Exactly. So I'm keen to, you know, and I'm keen to understand your presentation. So what were some of the points if you, I know it's going back 18 years, yeah, but what yeah. were some of the points in your slide? So for someone was to do the equivalent today, it'd probably be more, as you say, something on a, a presentation format on an iPad or over yeah, Zoom yeah, um, yeah. Uh, there might be a presentation, but what what did it highlight on on the presentation?
1: The highlight would have been the the product being a triple A rated product because it was through non bank lender. Okay, we still rated triple A yeah. through Standard and Poor's, so it's a, a strong product. The flexibility, your line of credit, your interest only, you know, maximizing the lend on 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 your home to buy other properties or some accountants did the old endowment policies
0: yeah.
1: um, that have clients buying into that. So it was just the structuring of it. And I guess it's the knowing how to structure it what's got them more impressed. Like Yeah, okay. Sort of, so so, so you're, like, you're... Yeah, you're assisting them in structuring it the correct way.
0: Yeah. Not you're, what you're, it's
1: secured against. I always used to say, that, like, as you know, the tax office doesn't care what it's secured against. It's what the purpose of the money is used for.
0: Exactly. So... Your sort of unique selling proposition that you're presenting. Yes, yeah. you're sort of wrapping it up in a product, but yeah. what you're really selling is you and your expertise. That's right. In terms yeah. of because that, you understand thing. what's going on. You know yeah. how to properly structure a deal. Yeah. You're not, um, you know, some fly-by-night broker and, who doesn't and, know what they're doing. Right. And, and so and that other, was
1: yeah. The other project. big one was being able to analyze their financials, recognizing the addbacks. So that we can maximize what they can actually borrow because some banks will look at it and say, well, why why have you got a loss? There's a lot of addbacks in there that we can add back on, which your general Joe Blow at the the bank wouldn't be able to recognize what those are. And working together with the accountant, he can also explain and jot it down on a piece of paper. The bank loves to hang their hat on something. So it's just a matter of structuring it the right
0: way. Yeah, I love it. So you had, you, you had your list of something like 180 accountants. Yeah, yeah. And then you... Um,
1: so the first appointment, you do do... So when you made your first appointment, you'd write it in blue in the diary. It's all manual back then. So we'd write the first appointment when you get you call between 9 and 10 o'clock. So one hour every day you make your calls. Mm-hmm. And then you, the idea is to th- see three accountants throughout that day. That's all, three accounts. doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a fair amount. Hmm. But then you make that first appointment and they always say, no, I'm too busy. You say, well, we're all busy. I can't see you for two weeks. So then, no, it's not like I want to see you tomorrow. You're only making your appointments at least two or three weeks ahead. Hmm. And then your first appointment's in blue. Saying, and what you also need to do, we were double booking. So we'd book two appointments at 11.30 was our first one, two o'clock and 3.30. So we'd double book, so we're always seeing somebody. And a lot of time when they come up to see, oh, who's this? So they don't remember the, why they've seen this person. They'd often cancel. Mm. or then I would cancel. So if I canceled him, I wouldn't cancel him the second time. But then you write it in red and you don't cancel a red booking. So it's just yeah. a structured of You're not wasting your time in Sydney there seeing one person with the whole day. You double book. Mm. And to get that concept through your head to double book every appointment, it's quite hard to get, get through that. So you're always yeah. seeing somebody. Being as productive as possible at every given moment exactly because you
0: know you're using the law of percentages right Right. so you're saying on average you know 50 percent of those clients are going to cancel so rather than having a hollow you know in my diary i'm going to double book yeah so on the off chance where i need to cancel someone i'm going to make sure that i don't cancel and it's not
1: me cancelling it'll be My assistant would say, unfortunately, Keith's been uh, caught up in a previous appointment. Can't make your appointment. Can we reschedule for next week, Thursday, or whatever it was, as soon as I had a gap. And the other thing is you never give them yes or no answers. You say, do you prefer mornings or or afternoons? There's always another good one. If you don't Mm -hmm. let them say, no, no, I don't want to see you, you just say, do you prefer mornings or or afternoons? Just a Uh couple of little techniques. Dale oh, Carnegie course <laughs> back uh, in the day. Oh yeah,
0: how good is he? Yeah, yeah. How to win friends and influence. <laughs> yeah, played. that's right. Yeah.
1: I think uh, I got it the wrong way. How to lose friends.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, this this is really good, Keith. I think that you know and a lot of these things haven't changed right yes maybe yeah. the approach technology, has changed yeah. yeah maybe through technology we de- we don't go on the mm. yellow pages or mm. white pages maybe we're using something like linkedin and direct message strategies to you know get out there and book uh, appointments or you know to to get the the contact details but you know what you're saying the the basics are the same we call yeah, yeah. with a valid business reason yeah. It's about yeah. giving, not receiving. It's going, you know, making the the time to go out. It's focusing your business on the things that you can be an expert in. So yeah, yeah. you're obviously an expert in investment um, and tax and how to actually structure a self-employed deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you pre- pre- you know, you're presenting as that and yeah i found you add to your target market
1: and the key was always get there like at least say five to ten minutes early so you can sit down in there yeah you're not sweating running around but you can also sit down and see what they specialize in you read their little um brochure they have their little booklet they have there and then you find out a little in so it's a good break you know it's a good sort of icebreaker Hmm. when you go in to see the actual accountant because most Hmm. of them have got personalities of a house brick you know they they're very hard when they come out of the shell. They're completely different people. But to break the ice, it's there's always something good. So always be there a little early. You're not flustered. You're not chasing your tail, and you can see what they actually do because every accountancy firm has some sort of uniqueness to them, mm. whether it just be specialising in banging out our returns or dealing with with self
0: employed. Yeah, I love it. Uh, and yeah, so much value in that. So much value. And yeah. you know the thing with accountants is. You yeah, know, they're high, uh, they're quite conservative, but Very, they're yeah. built on trust, right? Yeah. Which means, compared to, you yeah, know, like a real estate agent referral, and I often refer, refer to real estate agent referrals a bit like ICE.
1: Right? Because, yeah no thanks
0: <laughs> yeah they're, 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 you've got to be on them within 30 minutes of their water right you, you, yeah you, yeah you can't pick them up uh whereas it's a lot different with someone like a, a lead from an accountancy practice yeah, because, they're not shopping
1: they're not shopping about yeah. rate I actually hardly ever talk about interest rate But when mm. you get a lead from the accountant you're not talking about the product or what it is it's just he told me to come see you and that's it yeah. You know, and that, and then you send it to the accountant. Say, Do you mind if I run this past your accountant? Well, of course you have to. You know, so it's what he says is what. So it's, there's no window shopping. There's no kicking the tire. There's no talking about product or the rate or this. You know, and they they know they're going to get the best deal.
0: Yeah, that's so good. So like, okay.
1: like solicitors, I never targeted solicitors because if a solicitor refers you somebody, you must have you got a few days to settle. They so you wearing their stress.
0: Yeah, you,
1: it's just it's yeah. Solicitors are no good because the time they find out and somebody needs help, you don't want that referral.
0: Yeah, exactly right. You, I find with solicitors, you've got to train them. Yeah, right? You've got to find the ones who the real estates are giving the contracts to, and you've yeah. got to train them and you've got to teach them. So if you get a contract, You've yeah. got to ask this question, right? You've got yeah. to ask them, what are they doing next? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm selling I'm buying. Oh, yeah, I yeah. want those clients then. I don't want your pants on fire clients <laughs> at the That's last it. minute that, exactly. uh, you know, have had a 10-day cooling off and they've got two days to settle. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I definitely agree. So going back to the story, right? So we've mm. got 180, we've narrowed it down. So you mentioned you segment into an A, B, and C. What makes an A? a what makes a B? A, B, C, and D.
1: So you only can have 10. You only okay. have 10 in each category. So you've got A, B, C, and D. So you've you got to start off. So you what what obviously gives them an A is if they refer onto you? Yeah. So you, you you start to judge them on your second appointment. And then it's a matter of you call them up once a week. Anything come across your desk and just as more of a reminder of what okay. you know, it's just cementing a relationship
0: all right so these are the ones
1: that start referring so they're the ones that are referring yeah. and those are the ones you concentrate on your top 10
0: yeah
1: those are the ones that you spend most of your time on if you've got a rugby game you want to take them to it'll be an a
0: yeah
1: um, but it's in the beginning it's just a bit of a thumbsuck, suck or if somebody refers something or a scenario that immediately become an
0: a yeah okay
1: and then so. you can't have too many a's
0: no, you can't have too many because you can't be everything to everyone, no. right? So
1: that's when you pop into a B and a C and D and then Ds eventually just fall away. Yeah, definitely. And your Bs, your B's and As sometimes can change position from time to time, but yeah, okay. you just work with the 10. And, oh, 10 is enough.
0: Okay, so what what are the sort of disciplined actions that you would do for an A? So you mentioned you know, lunches, sporting yeah. events, um, you, know, you mentioned relationship, have fun with yeah. your As. How? What would you do with then with a B?
1: You would just keep seeing them, seeing if they've got any clients coming across. You may just take them, have a coffee with them. Okay. You've got to try and get them out of the office so you can get a bit to know a bit better, more about them. Because in the office, they've, they've got their wall up, you know. They sort of, yeah. they know there's somebody waiting for them. This one, there's things to do. You can drag them out of the office. And back then, there wasn't mobile phones weren't like they are now.
0: Yeah. I teach a a 90 day strategy in uh, in how to build referral partners in my course. And that's one of the things that I say is always meet on mutual uh, ground like a coffee shop. Right. Because for that exact, you know, it's, it's not even right. It's not, it's not an even relationship when um, You go to them and you're sort of sitting in their office. They're they're sort of at that point where yeah. they're above, whereas you it sort of lowers the the playing field. So if we're on a mutual territory, it's it's even, right? It's yeah, uh, sure. and so
1: yeah, I love that. That's a great tip. And you can get to know them a lot easier, and they're a bit more relaxed too. Yeah, you know, that's you got to get them in a relaxed state. So that's when I find taking for lunch and have a couple of um, wines or a beer over a meal, they really loosen up. Yeah. Then you start to see a true personality come out.
0: Yeah, definitely. Sometimes
1: you can't get them out of there <laughs> You're There the whole afternoon. The yeah. One accountant, I remember clearly, he said to me, I said, Paul, do you prefer white or red? He said to me, we start on the white and we finish on the red. <laughs> I went, oh, <laughs> this is going to be a long afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> and he used to um, do a lot of uh, tax accounting for the um, escorts, the call girls, the stripping yeah and it was amazing to see how much they could claim they could claim all their body work and everything it's like wow so it was was an entertaining appointment sometimes Yeah,
0: entertaining in terms of (laughs) but he was that
1: kind of accountant he had a lot of personality yeah yeah
0: yeah and you get all as you said you know you get all types from an accountant and and that's for sure all right so then that's sort of how you're you're um, your business sort of built 18 years ago. And yeah. and now, so how many would you have now? Like sort of fast forward, you know, I've still got the 10, yeah, okay. still 10
1: in there, but the rest have sort of fizzled away. Okay. So I still, and they would just send me an email, give me a call. Can you look after this? Do that one. Can you do this? So they're still there, but I'm not actively going out, lunching them anymore. I'm sort of just looking after the book. So we yeah. have that kind of relationship that I don't need to go. No, you know we'll catch up maybe once a year something like that
0: yeah because you've built that over many many years and right? some of them so- are
1: friends with so we'll go out for dinner and things like that so it's uh it's sort of an ongoing relationship
0: yeah and you know you find with these relationships and i know you know i had some really good accountant relationships as well and i'm still really good friends and doing some work yeah. with my um my account referral partner now but in terms of You know, what you find is naturally throughout the transaction, there's correspondence, right? So it's, you know, once you've got these solid 10 and there's a working relationship and you're constantly working on mutual clients, and I'm sure, you know, the fact that you've been working together for so long, you have so many mutual clients now. That's
1: right. Yeah, exactly.
0: You know, so they might come back to you for finance and he hasn't referred, but there'll be something that you need from them, like a letter or, you know. Oh,
1: always. Yeah. I try and make it easy then, and I'll just get everything from the accountant because he's got all the tax and everything. So it's, yeah, very simple. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, you, you know, the relationship in terms of lunch has become need less because yeah. we're talking all the time anyway.
1: And people have took very busy as well. So it's, especially through COVID and that it's all sort of changed. The dynamics have changed a lot. Even clients, I haven't seen a client face to face for quite a while.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. You don't need to. A lot of them
1: are existing, so you don't need to go and do that whole, you know, have the the kid climbing all over you when you're trying to have a chat to them and they're trying to do, you know, trying to make dinner and things like that. Those those days are so long gone.
0: Yeah, I, I don't miss them. I, I again have been you know, I started what, 2000, 2001, similar to okay. you, and uh, did a lot of those nights and driving. Yeah, I, yeah, I started ninety eight. So I started in 1998
1: and then did six years with a non bank and then broke away. So
0: yeah, the kids of today don't realize that we had to do it with a street directory on our laps.
1: Yeah, right? yeah, the Gregory's, yeah, <laughs> eating <at> your back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the Google I, Maps. That <laughs> exactly. I remember once there was this, re- this street on the map, and this client lived in the cul-de-sac, and I said, "How come there's no street on this map that's on my on my map? There's another street here." And they said they put that in so people don't copy it. So there's a fake street in there purely to stop somebody else just copying it and saying that's their directly
0: now.
1: Oh. I never knew that
0: yeah interesting interesting you know not only are we getting tips on how to build accounts we're getting tips on how to to, to (laughs) go forgery so in terms of obviously you know you pick this niche from the start right you pick this niche and uh what made you pick accountants right when you started
1: well that's i thought it was the best referral source Mm. So I thought this it was, it was they working for you pretty much sending you the clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to do one-on-one advertising or, or it would never work. Mm-hmm. It would take too long. You need someone, you need to narrow it down and get someone who's gonna send it to you.
0: Yeah, beautiful. So and yeah, best that, way that to no-brainer. build a business. Yeah. Best best way to build a business. High, you know. And then And that was the focus. Sorry, yeah,
1: that was the focus, dealing with high net worth individuals.
0: Okay. Uh, accountants and high net worth uh individuals individuals was the focus that's it which then leads into one of the uh other things that we want to talk about is you know the complexity then this leads to complexity right because simple clients have simple needs Yeah. yeah um you know complex clients have complex needs right so what's the secret in dealing with complex deals?
1: Well, it's understanding. The worst one I've got, I've got a client that's got, that's a director of 52 companies, Mm. all active, yeah. So trying to analyze those financials is just, you know, so it's being able to narrow down what you can actually use as income, what you can't, and understanding why they have fed up all these different trusts and businesses. So that's that's the complex deal is, is being able to understand it. Sometimes I think even the accountant can't work out exactly what figures we can use, some of them.
0: Yeah, and that's where you know, I did What's a lot valuable. of complex lending and yeah. complex mm-hmm. investing. And this is part of the skill. And there's a lot more gray area and there's almost a lot more flexibility yeah. with a client like that because yeah. it's up to you to really define because there's no rule book for this particular client. No. Um it's up to you to define the rule. The, the money trail. Yeah. yeah. Follow the money trail. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And, and to to really highlight the money trail and to come up with you know making the complex simple. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I even had some banks say no we
1: can't actually deal with somebody like that. They're too complex. AMP mm. said we can't deal with that individual. Hmm. It's uh, you know we can't <laughs> it couldn't take on more than somebody with seven companies which I thought yes. that's
0: so so what uh, you know who would you your go to lenders be for somebody like this I'll be one of the major
1: four so hmm. generally CBA depending also what it is what you're looking at doing but yeah you, your, your majors are, are that sort of client your smaller non bank lender they can't they're too small for that their hmm. credit team wouldn't be able to to work it out. Or that have too many issues, and you could go back and forth for weeks. Mm. Like ANZ not so much anymore, because they're well, they're you know, it's offshore. So we've just got people who just follow policy. Mm. But when you're sort of institutional, so you borderline between them becoming institutional, so they will just deal direct with the top people in the bank, there's a point you eventually lose them to the bank directly. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you know, because they become the private client, they become this, become that. So but you build up this big trail book prior. Yeah, exactly right. So, and exactly, and sometimes commercial... you
0: can, you can facilitate. I know with my complex clients, you can facilitate the introduction, right? Yeah, that's so right. You yeah. can facilitate the introduction to a private banker yeah. or to a business banker, uh, and which they say they'll always guarantee ongoing and all
1: this, but it never happens. And I did actually have that with CBA. They said, oh no, we'll definitely guarantee everything and any, any new deals come through. And the next thing you know, bang, there's five apartments being sent across to CBA private and no mention that I'm involved at all. I found out because I've talked to the guys all the time that own, own the, the business and I called him up and said, what are you doing? Oh, 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 suddenly, so I moved everything over to NAP. Hmm. So yeah. that guy did not have any more private clients with them so moved it across which is which is a good shows how strong their bond with the client and myself
0: yeah which again and i think with these complex clients you understand the nature of their business so much more than you know you over you know whatever 10 10 years let's say for example you've been with them you, you develop that relationship where no one can have as good an understanding about all the intricacies in their yeah. business, what's going True. on, what the history is. So naturally you're the best person to be able to deal yeah. with builds that real loyalty factor. Um, True. Yeah. Some other yeah. broker mates of I to sort of have the joke, look, if it was easy, <laughs> everyone would do it. Right. right. Um,
1: exactly. Yeah. But,
0: but these things aren't easy. So, from a staff perspective, right? How have you gone in terms of um, building your team out to sort of handle these complex sort of? I lobbies? did it in the
1: beginning. In the beginning, I had a lot of staff, and then I just narrowed down to just myself and one PA.
0: Hmm.
1: Now, so the last eight years, just brought it right back. Just scaled it right back. Yeah, and, it right back so.
0: and she so my, does that,
1: everything for you, does she? So she does all the admin. At one point, I did outsource it but I've just got one permanent PA who does the emails, does the admin, chases up documents, does all that.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'll just talk to the people, get the structure, send it across, and then she'll run with the rest because that that part of the business I just can't get. I just can't. And especially today, I, I don't think I could lodge a deal. I don't think I could actually lodge a loan.
0: Yeah, love that. On love floor that, floor. and I, I was the same. Right? I was the same, and I wouldn't want to. So you know, just make sure you look after them.
1: Right? <laughs> That's right. And I've never I tried that offshore for a bit, but I didn't quite like that, and you know, availability and personality and just all that just didn't work. So
0: yeah,
1: I'm sure it does work for some people, but it didn't work for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we were introduced through um, Tracy from Keeping Clients, and. That's right. uh, and so you outsource that part of your business, Every right? six months, yeah, I'll get her to call them up, yeah.
1: So that's every six months, a quick call, see how you're going. And I even said to Tracy, can you not do it at the moment because I'm too busy? Because <laughs> <laughs> every time they do it, it generates a whole lot more leads. Everyone yeah. want to do this, do that, do that. So it is a great system what she does. So I was doing that every six months and it yeah. works extremely well.
0: Right, So calling the whole book every six yeah. months, that yeah. generates yeah. The, the business. One,
1: yeah, two years old. So everything two years old, yeah.
0: two years everything, and beyond. Two years and beyond yeah. gets a call yeah. and that generates as much business as, as you need at this stage yeah. in your career yeah. um, <laughs> that, that you want to do. So, That's right. And, um, you know, from um, the accountancy point of view, in terms of for um, you know people in today's you know today's economy and where they're at, what would your suggestions for them if they're looking to sort of go out and build relationships with accountants at this point? What would your recommendation for them to be?
1: To how to get their foot in the door? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I know it's very hard because they've obviously got relationships. Like I would. I wouldn't expect any of my 10 to go somewhere else. Mm. So one option, like I'm hoping my son will come and be my succession plan. Mm. But um, it's, I find it'd be a lot harder today, but you got to start with the, what I would call the D's. Mm. They just got to start working on getting their foot in the door and start working with some of them. The Mm. other option is to buy a book that already has some established clients and then work with that.
0: Yeah.
1: Or look at this, this, Accountancy firms buying up accountancy firms all the time. Yeah, even my own accountant, he's just gone and bought a, a, another small practice. So try get in on the bottom end when they're taking over the practice, and then assist with the finding opportunities of what mortgages they can rework. And yeah. it's a win-win because the client will get a better deal, and then there'll be some money to come in to assist in running the practice. Yeah, I love it. So that's, I would be on the floor in the accountancy practice one day a week mm-hmm. in each different firm and then just be on the floor one, one day a week. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. In-house, in their
1: office. That's how I would get my foot in.
0: All right. Beautiful. And in terms of, you know, what expertise would they need? Because um, I'm a big one in sort of, you know, you've got, if you want to be a broker, uh, that deals with accountants, you've actually got to you know, have the skills and yeah, actually be yeah. that person. You can't, if you don't you know, understand tax, if you don't understand yeah, complex yeah. Um, financials and you can't be a value-added service, then yeah, what are those key skills that somebody needs to develop if they really want to be successful in this space?
1: There's two options. One, you've got to be really good at winging it which that was my <laughs> yeah. My when part. you started, you fake, fake it, it till up you make it. I was even undiagnosed dyslexic, so go figure. Nah. Imagine the game going into finance, right? being dyslexic. <laughs> so fake <laughs> but, it till you make it. Yeah? yeah, That's it. But I think the basics, either you're a numbers person or you're not. So I don't think you should be in this game if you don't understand numbers. Mm. And it wouldn't take you that long to understand how to, to read the tax returns and no. just put them all together. Most people get overwhelmed you just got to break it down and just take your time and just work out where it's coming from, going through all these different channels, different entities, different vehicles. But At the end of the day, it's what's on the bottom line. Yeah. So it's just, if you if you can't understand that part, you're not going to be able to do the job.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So right. do a
1: course in it, crash course, accountancy for dummies. I don't know, but there's nothing better than actually just getting out there and working it out. Yeah. It's the only way you really learn.
0: Love it. <laughs> I always ask a, a question, right? Which is the final question um, in terms of, you know, for somebody looking to scale a mortgage broking business with your 18 years' experience, what's the one uh, tip that you would give
1: to scale a business, as in to grow a business?
0: Yeah. Really grow a mortgage broken business. Those people oh there's only one there's
1: one thing I would always say to somebody, do what you say.
0: Do what you say you're gonna do.
1: Yeah? yeah. Talk the talk. Don't say, Yeah, I'll do that now, and then never do it. Yeah. And don't commit to something that you that you're out of control of. Love it.
0: So do what you say you're gonna do and don't commit. Yeah. Don't uh, commit
1: to something you don't know anything about. Like you the banks are the ones that are, are working out when you're gonna get your approvals and stuff. So don't say we'll have it tomorrow. Always over-promise, or well, under-promise, should I say. Then it'll be a week, and then you come back four days later, they think you're a legend.
0: Love that. So do do what you say you're going to do and don't yeah. overcommit. Yeah. And I think if you're looking at dealing with accountants, obviously they're trustworthy people, and trust is big on their agenda, right? Well, so trust is
1: the foundation of any relationship, whether it be accountants, a wife, whatever it may be. Trust is the foundation. So without trust, you've got no chance.
0: Yeah. And I think what you said then is the key cornerstone to trust, yeah. right? And how you build trust in a business transaction is, hey, you do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And to, the, to the letter. Yeah. And, and, and don't overcommit. Love it. It's been... Yeah, a really good chat. There's been so much, uh, Keith, in terms of <laughs> the recall
1: this, for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: and uh, in terms of, you know, it takes me back to, to the, my early uh, days yeah. in broking and it, door yeah, knocking,
1: right? door yeah. knocking and cold calling. Some yeah. people just can't do that. But it's understandable.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it, again, it's, it's not for it, everyone. Exactly. Yeah. But if you make that commitment and it's, that business that you want to create. And, you know, as you yeah. mentioned, the best source of business yeah. is a re- building a referral-based business. And you're yeah. sort of proof of that. Like you've had a steady flow of business for the last 10 years. You've re- maintained, you know, 10 core accountants that just keep feeding your business. Yeah. Yeah. You've been able to do it in a highly profitable, high margin, you know, uh, yeah. low sort of staff um, and yeah, it works. I, my, uh, and...
1: my wife always says, because like, even when I go on holiday, well, we went to the honeymoon in Greece recently, but she always got photos of me, Keith on holiday, sitting at the poolside on the laptop. That's the only downside, is that you never can just go, I'm gone for two weeks. I'm not interested in any of this. That's the only problem that I have, is that there's, there's no one else that I can say, can you look after my people for two months or yeah weeks so i, I call not mind this, that because i don't have to do it every day all day
0: yeah i this is the yeah you know, I, I work with mortgage brokers who are looking to scale their business and this is what i i quite often have these conversations and i challenge the the one-man bands because i'm mm. like you're comfortably uncomfortable yeah right? you know because you're comfortable you've got a good income coming in you've got quite a nice lifestyle but exactly what you said you go to a beautiful place like italy but you've still got to do stuff
1: yeah yeah but it's not a hell of a lot you know what i mean so but you still have to do something i couldn't go uh, somewhere where there's no internet
0: yeah exactly which is a bit of a shit one yeah yeah whereas you know i could go away for six weeks and i'd spend you know, a month on the ski slopes in Canada,
1: yeah, and
0: yeah. I'd rarely have to do any work, if anything, because the team
1: yeah. will just do it. Right? But the and- team needs the team needs to get paid. So remember, I've got no shop front. I work from home. Mm-hmm. I've got one PA, and that's it. So my overheads are minimal,
0: mm. and the profit is good. <laughs> and you're yeah, uh, and, smiling and you're laughing and so i know it's good and yeah. uh yeah you've yeah. you've done you've done really well keith and uh Thank you. it's been a pleasure and there's been so much value in in this conversation and you know i've learned a lot and i think you know we can sort of transform your learnings from 18 years ago, put that in a modern yeah, yeah. Um, thing. But it comes down to those things, right? It comes down to the the the. If I was to summarize our conversation, it's one. It's you know doing the hard work up front. Don't be afraid yeah. to put yourself out there. Do yeah. the cold calls. Get in front. Book the meetings. Um, don't go. out, Don't you know? Look to. Put your hand out for business. Go with a valid business reason. Yeah, that's it. And then it's about relationship. And then Mm -hmm. after relationship, it's all about trust. Uh, And do what you say you're going to do and uh, don't overpromise. If you need
1: Um, anybody to help you with the um, coaching, let me know. I'm looking for a career change.
0: All right, well, uh, I am actually, so uh, yeah, we will have to chat offline, um, and we'll see how you go. Who knows, when you join the Billion Dollar Broker Program, Keith may be uh, on the team and coaching with us. My
1: son's just finished uni, so hopefully he's going to do two years hard yards, at like an Aussie home loans or something, and then uh, hopefully I can sort of bring him in, and then I can phase myself out.
0: Yeah, sounds good.
1: Yeah. Sounds good. Well, Ross, right, good time, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: great to chat. This has been another episode of the Billion Dollar Broker Podcast. Uh, so thanks, Keith. But Thank if you, you want to uh, get in touch with us, there's a couple of ways you can do it. One, you can join the Facebook group. Uh, it's the Billion Dollar Broker for not on social brokers. Media, unfortunately, yeah. Uh, this is for the listeners, Keith. So. Uh, secondly, uh, you can reach out on the website billiondollarbroker.com.au and you can look to book an appointment. We'd love to have a chat about one of our programs or if you're an elite client uh, doing over sort of $10 million a month and want to be coached um, by, by me privately, uh, then also reach out. So Look forward to uh, seeing you again. I've really enjoyed the episode and we'll catch you next time.